beautiful. Okay, okay. So, um, last Monday, mm. I was in the VR workshop at work, and Adam was also there. He was running it, and I was working with a student. And so there was like Adam running it, me with my student, and then two other students. Mm-hmm. And then it's set up so that Adam and his bit is at the front and then there's like four desks spread around the room so it kind of is like a classroom due to like social distancing and all those new rules we have to put in and then Adam like pulled his chair a little bit and sat down and you're like oh I feel kind of like a teacher like doing his weird uncomfortable shoulder shake thing that he does all the time and I was like I was like well give us your teacher voice then and he was like oh no, no, no and I'm like come on everyone's got a teacher voice let's hear your teacher voice and then he done the thing that you do as well when we ask you to do stuff on like streaming that with voices and he was like oh I, oh I can't think of any and I'm like no I don't want an impression of a teacher I want your own teacher voice he's like mm, can I give you it later and I was like no you I want it now and then I started getting the students involved <laughs> so I was like do, do we think Adam has a teacher voice and I'm like yeah <laughs> <laughs> so they're like come on we'll bring out your teacher voice and he was like fine I'm like okay stand up and he actually stood up <laughs> and stood like in the middle at the front and I was like okay we need to fix your posture first so a teacher voice is like you got a little bit more power a little bit more like strength in you but also you care quite a bit he's like okay and I'm like so so straighten your spine and he was like up and I was like roll your shoulders back get, get that teacher stance on and he was like standing there and he looked at me and I'm like, Shannon, professional acting coach. Think he looks, yeah do we think he looks like a teacher yet and my student was like yeah, I think he does. I was like, what about you, other student? She was like, nah, he doesn't look like a teacher yet. I'm like, oh, what's wrong with his teacher stash? She's like, oh, he's slouching too much. <laughs> so I was like, come on, Adam, straighten that spine up. He straightened it a bit more and had his hands like in front of him, like clasped together. No, we were like, how's it now? And we're like, oh, no. And we're like, yeah, you look like a head teacher now. That's too far. <laughs> he's like, oh, and we're like, slouch a bit again. He slouched a bit. And we're like, perfect. Now give us your teacher voice. And so, so he done it. it was a pretty good teacher I was being like hello class and my name is Mr Wright and I'm here today and I have my assistant Miss Shannon here and like it was pretty good I don't know why you put it on an accent but he did and then we gave him like a little round of applause and I was like the student I was working with I was like what did you think of his teacher voice he was like yeah it was good and then the other student I was like what did you think of Adam's teacher voice he was like needs improvement <laughs> <laughs> oh it's brilliant Hi everybody, welcome back to Popcorn Profile, where we're doing a... Hey guys. We're doing a emergency, I guess, requisition? <laughs> or First ever, can we just say, in the whole history of Popcorn Profile, never before have we had to record an episode. Or re-record is the word I meant to say. I've been talking a lot today already. Yeah, we, we literally just finished wrapping up Tokyo Godfathers. And now we're doing this one because your boy Sam here made a big boo-boo. In which he forgot to download the audio. A big boo-boo. A big year boo-boo. Where he forgot to re-download... No, he forgot to download full stop the uh, audio files for uh, Beck and Louise for the Millennium Actress podcast. So we are now having to do an emergency re-record right the heck now. Yeah, so we're just pretending it was actually a week ago. And today is actually the 12th of the 12th, 2020. 
and mm-hmm. we'll pretend that Louise is here because Louise was here and it was a beautiful, fantastic time. Insert audio of only Sam enjoying our beautiful, fantastic time from last week. Here's a little too because I lost the file. Thank you for doing that edit, future Sam. It's much appreciated. I hope you picked a really good clip of you enjoying and reacting to me and Louise memeing about and... Yeah, I'm sure we said something very hilarious. We don't have Louise again because Louise is a very busy person getting ready for Christmas. Of course. Which is weird because it's the 12th and definitely not the 19th. Mm-hmm. And we definitely just watched Millennium Actress and I can definitely remember everything about it. Okay, so... Me too. That definitely happened. Uh, so, oh, here we go. Because I, I watched it two weeks before you watched it. So oh, this is... I've, I've seen it twice. This is way back. Then? I am... Wow. Yeah. So, I guess... Oh, man. Why do we even start with this? Um, I'll just... I'll quickly say up. Blame Actress Straight Up is my least favourite Satoshi Kon film. I Same. still like it. I still like it a fair whack. Um, however, I do feel like this one didn't I didn't connect with this one as emotionally as I did say his other movies which also includes Tokyo Godfather's Paprika and even Perfect Blue as well which has a similar sort of disjointed narrative but I feel like it worked way better than Perfect Blue yeah the the weird narrative version could have really really worked in this but not within the parameters and the sort of storytelling device that they used like the the scenes when she was <coughs> sorry that's that's me pies the coming pies. up to baby not just making me cough um yeah the scenes where she's recounting what she was doing as an actress and we see her in the moment and reliving all these things and it's not like obviously on a set it's really amazing and I really enjoyed those but then when it was just her as an old lady and oh I where's my key I didn't enjoy those as much because I wanted to learn more about her and what she was doing rather than like have it be a weird mystery which I felt like it didn't need to be yeah I get that I, get th- I think the one thing that I could say with that is I feel like I found it interesting like not even the fact that it was the idea that it was like you were kind of unfurling a mystery but I like the idea it was, it was these documentarians uncovering her life as they went on and obviously you had the guy who'd worked with her before and you could see him getting visibly angry at certain stuff like the guy that would go on to become her husband and he's like visibly furious or you have the bit where he's like acting in her films I, I thought it was quite fun with them kind of taking part in some of them well him specifically taking part in some of the movie scenes like I love the bit where you see him riding on the horse and then it cuts to them acting it out in real life and the camera is just like, what is happening here? Why am I here? I'm sorry, I need to cough again. It's okay. (coughs) Thank you for not including that in the podcast, Future Sam. Um, Yeah, the bit where it cuts back and he's like pretending to be ride the horse and she's like acting out as well. Like it was a super cute moment but it didn't make the rest of like the film the cameraman and the director being in the background of the older scenes worth it Mm -hmm. like they didn't add anything for me being in those scenes that's fair um i thought it was an interesting way to sort i i kind of thought it was an interesting way to tell the story but again i think it could have been executed a bit better um i did 
kind of like a lot of the cutting of shots with specific stuff in Chiyoko's life where... Uh, the transitions were so good. Yeah, they are they're really... I feel like one of the best things about Satoshi Khan in general in terms of filmmaking is his editing is spot on and particularly with the way he uses cuts and like transitions and there there is so much in this like there was a part where um like he kind of when they when she's talking as a as an old woman and then it it's like it does like a, a camera swirl and it basically like it's like it de-ages her back to the age she was when she first became an actress and like stuff like that I'm like that's excellent and then she kind of puts her head up and then she's like outside on the getting ready to go on the ferry to go film a movie and I was like this is great this is good stuff <laughs> yeah I do like the sort of editing where it's like we need to go to this place and then it's like we're at this place like I do think it fits in but then the rest of the film when they didn't have that editing felt slower and it really affected mm-hmm. the pacing having sort of slow bits when she's older and gently going through the story and then it's like all action and all go and so then when you're in the middle of the film when sort of both of them slow down mm-hmm. and you get very pace matching on them then it just feels like it drags even more like when we got to that point Louise was like how far in are we even and I was like oh only halfway she's like well, it, it feels like it really it was halfway it, it, it really feels like it drags in the middle because it just kind of yeah. feels like it becomes a bit of a compilation of her movies as opposed to her story it's like it's like the greatest hits of the action scenes from her films kind of thing and speaking of Chiyoko's story she meets this man mm-hmm. who's running away from people mm-hmm. she he goes like left and then the people come up and go, which way did he go? And she's like, right. And then they go right and then she goes to meet him. He gives her a key. She decides, I love this man. I'm going to follow him around the world. And that's why I'm going to become an actress. And then that's like the setup for the rest of the film. Yeah. And um, I can I again, I remember watching it and when I finished it the first time, I was like, what? This is really... Uh, okay. Um, I mean, again, I did... Like, I, I kind of enjoy the experience of going through the film. I don't... I don't sit and think about this like I sit and think about Perfect Blue or Tokyo Godfathers or even Paprika, for that matter. Um, but there was one thing that I saw... Like, some, someone took it away is that, is that it's not him that she's chasing. It's the idea of him and, like, this, this idea of the chase getting her through a life of just constantly chasing something. Kind of using it as motivation to get through her life and to achieve her goals kind of thing but it's never implicitly said that that's the case and it just mainly does come across as her just chasing after this literal ghost that you find out he's a literal ghost because he was yeah like i like the idea of the story but the way it was played out within the film it it didn't speak to me and like watching it with louise louise got very confused by it Mm because this was the first satoshi Kon film she had watched and so because i'd watched perfect blue there was a bit more of an understanding in how the narrative would be and okay yes there's weird settings we must be in the film setting or that which works so well in perfect blue of like the characters losing her mind and she doesn't really know what's going on so of course she'd be confused between real life and on the tv show and all that it doesn't really make that much sense here like mm-hmm. especially the one scene that always comes to mind is when she is sweeping up 
stuff and you're like oh she's in her house calmly sweeping stuff up and then she like knocks into the bookcase or something and the key pops out and she's like my key and then her husband enters and she's like what is this and it's like a really powerful moment and then it's broken by like other jealous actress lady showing up and oh no it's a set and she was the witch the whole time like it's just a confusing scene Mm-hmm. And also, I don't understand why she was then sweeping up if it's a set, because that wouldn't be her job. She wouldn't be sweeping the set. And then if it's like, oh, she's practicing for a scene, then that was never explicitly stated. Yeah. Because then afterwards, when people show up, they're like, can you go away? We're having a private conversation, not discussing film stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's... I feel like with Perfect Vote, it makes more sense that reality and fiction are kind of blurred together. In the fact that, it's, like you said, it's um, Mima's just kind of, she's like, I don't know what the hell's going on here. But with this, it's kind of, you need a bit more structure to it. Which, fine enough, from watching Tokyo Godfathers, like, Tokyo Godfathers is way better structured and handles the way its narrative carries forward way better than I feel like Millennium Actresses does. Absolutely. Because um, there's something to it and it makes sense. And even though I couldn't tell you how many days Tokyo Godfathers takes place over, Mm-hmm. I feel like I still understand the story. Yeah, I think, for any context, I think it's between Christmas Eve and then New Year. I think. Yeah. But um. Yeah, and and I think the other thing with Millie Mattress as well is. Like I think the characters of Millie Mattress they're they're kind of fun, in their own way, and I think Miyuki's character is very tragic and sad. Um. Whose but, character, Sam? Oh, oh my God, Chiyoko. <laughs> See, you'll find out next week or whenever Tokyo Godfathers gets released but in Tokyo Godfathers he kept calling Miyoko Kyoko and yeah. now we've moved on to a different film and you're calling someone by that name yeah I know Where it's is, your, is your brain plugged in today it's not I think it's because I did all my Christmas shopping and then came home drank a coffee and I was like podcast time and now it's oh, double man. podcast time double podcast you've only got yourself to blame unfortunately I can offer no words of sympathy or wisdom no. or empathy Thanks, I can maybe offer you words of wisdom, but they wouldn't be very good. Okay. So, anyway, with Chiyoko, I feel like like she has she's a very tragic character, very set. Like I did, I did feel for her at the end of the film when she was like kind of passing away and then passing on to the other side via the space at the end. And um, but like I just I don't get that sort of feeling of that I get with Hannah um, Yuki or Jin in Tokyo Godfathers or Mima as well like I, I like I, I, I feel more for Mima and I feel like I can sympathise more with Mima for what she's going through than I can Kyoko and again in terms of characterization, especially the three protagonists of Tokyo Godfathers yeah I feel like I understand more of the baby in Tokyo Godfathers than I do with Kyoko yeah and yeah it's just it's weird because it's I guess it's kind of a thing that I've noticed when we've done this podcast where we, we look at uh, someone making a film two two directors now where it's kind of like they made this one film at the start and, we were, and one of and say let's take Ratcatcher with Lynn Ramsey where Louise is like oh my god yes this is this is amazing and then it gets to Marvin Cannon and Louise is like no get this away of me and with this yeah. it's like per, per, like Perfect Blue uh, I feel, again I feel like Perfect Blue is going to be like I don't think anything's going to top it for you with Satoshi Kon's films 
Like, I just, I can't see it happening. Definitely not. Um, and then you get to Bowling Masters and you're like, oh, okay. Which, yeah. I, like, I, I, I don't think Bowling Masters is without its merits, though. I do, like, I really like uh, Suzumu Hirasawa, who's the composer, who's normally the composer for Satoshi Kon's films, except for Tokyo Godfathers. I love all the soundtrack he does. I love how tense he really makes some scenes in Perfect Blue feel. Like I feel like if you didn't take if you took his music away from it, you'd miss so much of like the tension and fear in it. And there's it's a, it's a good a sign of a good soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And it's the same with sort of Millennium Actress. There's a lot, a lot, a lot like sadness and melancholy with yeah. the film. And I feel like a lot of it is kind of in that main theme. That I I it, I I really like it. I just it it hits me a certain way. And I I all of his music, like all the stuff I've heard him compose, I think is fantastic. And Oh, you're like I legitimately think you're in for a treat when you get to Paprika because that music slaps hard. I'm excited. <laughs> um, I cannot remember any of the music in Millennium Mattress, but I barely pay attention to music in films, so I apologize. That is fair. Or yourself, Sam, and any other people who really like music soundtracks. Sorry to all the musical boys and boys. <laughs> music, boys, musicals music. is a different thing. Get it right, please. Yeah. Okay, well that that's Why where you can offend s- more people. <laughs> That well, that well, that's um, well, musicals. Musicals is actually your forte. Yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, yeah, and I, I always feel weird when like talking about my actors because I feel like I kind of dunk on it. I forget when I mention it, but I do really like it. I do think like in like I I feel like it's like a. It's it's not one that sticks with me, but I, I I like having it on. It's like kind of to me, it's quite like a pleasant film like it, I, li- I really like the animation in it I love all the sort of I like getting swept up in the drama especially when she finally gets that uh, meeting with the the, the 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 sergeant that has the scar on his face that was looking for the the person that she was looking for the whole film and then you have that big dramatic run to where he said they would meet and you get the just like the, the, the intercut with her entire life as she's like running towards like there and it's like like really big sharp cuts in at the start of the film that I was like oh that's quite dramatic like there's a bit where she throws a snowball and it just cuts to her walking away like walking somewhere or moving somewhere and they use they interconnect that with her trying to get on a train and then her banging into someone at the train station cuts to another version of her running for a train and things like that and it, it, I thought it was really well edited and I, like, I think that's my favourite scene in the whole film where she's like trying to get to the spot where he would be painting see that's also I have to represent Louise and point out Louise's favourite part of this whole film which is that bit when she runs towards the door and just dunks against it <coughs> it played the first time and Louise just lost it laughing and then during the sort of weird running montage bit you're on about it plays again and it got her again <laughs> I don't know what it is about Chiyoko just running into this door. It just really, really got her. It's like, I guess it just, it's because it kind of became accidental slapstick. Kind of, a little bit. Like, it was just, you expect her to, like, you know, stop at the door or go through the door. You don't expect her to just, like, bonk her face off the door. Yeah, it's like, oh, okay, <laughs> sure. Like, it is quite a subversion to just have them literally fall into this door and it's not like for a comedic effect but it did become it because you expect not that yeah it's like wow okay 
Did you like um, the film Ash? Yeah, did he? Did you, Ash, did you like it? I think that's that sounded like a no. Yeah, you sound like a... Mm. Oh, well. Sounded like you went... Mmm, well, you know, I mean, if the verdict from Ash is a no, then it's like... Terrible. <laughs> I can well. I can boil down my feelings for a Millennium Actress into one point. Go for which it. Which is, I think it could have done more. Yeah. And there's, there's just a lot of little things that happen along the way. There's some things that are like brilliant. Like you say, the soundtrack is brilliant. Which mm-hmm. I will agree with because I trust your judgement on soundtracks. Thank you. And the editing is really good. And like, there's something there, but it's not quite all the way there. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a compelling story, but I feel like it's been told from a different, weird side. Mm-hmm. And there's... Like, I would be intrigued with, like, the concept of you find this mysterious person, they give you a key, they paint a picture of you on a wall, and then they disappear out of your life forever. Like, that's such a good mystery to be, like, captivated by and to, like, figure out. But I was just told in a really, really weird way. And, yeah, like, you're, you're kind of like, okay, what, and, what, what are we doing? Yeah, and it gets to the point where even at the end of the film, even if you had found him, we wouldn't know because we haven't seen him since the start of the film we don't know what he looks like anymore yeah. like we needed reminders of him like, uh, but like even, even the cliche things of like when you see someone in the crowd and you're like is it them like that bit in elf when a buddy thinks he sees santa it's not santa it's just a fat old dude in a red tracksuit but he thinks it's santa because eh, he sees santa everywhere he goes because he's a christmas <laughs> elf oh man i think i'm talking about like, the department store santa because all i could think of was like the um he just tells me he smells like beef and cheese. Does it smell like Santa? You sit on the throne of lies. You smell like beef and cheese. You don't smell like Santa. Yeah, I love that line. It makes me laugh every time without fail. Um, I got paid El- to watch Elf this week just soon. Oh, oh excellent! It was my own choice. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, but yeah, we needed some sort of reminder of this guy because, like, the key is supposed to be the reminder, but then the key's not with her all the time. <laughs> And then they use her husband uses the key to manipulate her, which is a very underplayed point. Can I yeah. point out that the, the the most you get is the fact that that um the the documentarian I, I can't remember his name was furious at him constantly. Every time he showed up, he was just like yeah. visibly angry with him. So he'd done a horrible thing. He used the thing closest to her to make her marry him that's like you know so many violations it's, of like it's so messed people up people and morals and then it's you get the confrontation between her and her husband when she finds the key and she goes like what what's even how did how could you have played me like this and then we don't even get the satisfaction of that played out because then like i said before she weird just comes jealous in. actress ladies like Haha, i was the witch the whole time i no, hate no, no, you no. but i love you and you're like but what the witch is real i thought that was just in the weird film yeah i guess it's the i guess this might be the idea of like the films in her life imitate her real life but it wasn't particularly clear like i did get that and enjoyed that Mm. but like that confused me we also just made so many jokes during that witch scene 
Yeah, you, you guys told me about this. Also, also, I remember specifically Louise mentioning that she was so disappointed because she thought it was going to be a sci-fi movie. Yeah, because it opens up with um, Chiyoko on the, the rocket and Louise is like, oh, sci-fi? Because we've not done like really any sci- sci-fi or fantasy. The closest we've come to fantasy is like Dark Crystal. And that's like, I mean, Louise's favourite ah! genres. Yeah. Yeah. Ashes too, as well. Yeah. Um, Sorry, he's trying to eat the fibres off the Christmas tree. Ash! He's hungry. <laughs> he loves Christmas. He wants Ash, it in his belly. The tree. <laughs> oh, please. Oh, big chonkins. You need to like cage up your tree, like uh, all those posts online of people trying to prevent cats from eating their trees. Well, me and Liv were thinking citrus was going to do it. We're just going to spray it with Ooh, citrus. Nice, yeah. Um, what was I chatting about? Oh yeah, the sci-fi thing. Yeah, so it opens with the the film because there's one of the films where she's in a rocket and she takes off into space and it becomes a dramatic point later on in the film where like the literally the whole set like collapses down and she almost dies and then director man saves her but also mm-hmm. neither of them were hurt so she was going to be fine anyway which is yeah. like you know he should have at least got hurt a bit so it'd be like I took the pain not you yeah, but they were just kind of like, ah, she's, she's they're, fine. They were fine. There's a two people sized hole in there, so she would have clearly been fine. Because he didn't uh, even move her out of the way, he just collapsed mm. on top of her. But, yeah, because it was opened with that, Louise was like, is it going to be a sci-fi? And then it was like, oh no, it's a film set. That led to like great disappointment. <laughs> well, one of the things that I do find mildly interesting is like a wee cut through between all Satoshi Khan's films is that He's he's clearly in love with film and I guess television in general as well because like you'll you'll see as well in Paprika like there is literally a character who just is like is obsessed with films and loves movies and his dreams are all about films um and there's like the point where he describes specific camera shots which I had no idea about you probably already do because you know film degree boy um. That doesn't mean I know them. Don't call me out like this, because when I don't know them, I'll look like an idiot. Okay, we'll delete this. Cut. This never happened. Can you remember <laughs> what one of them is called? Nope. <laughs> um. Well uh, then. Well then, indeed, yeah. Um, and with Malay Mattress, you get this idea that it's like he kind of just lo- like he loves old samurai cinema, and with Perfect Blue, I think. Like even like it's it's a story about someone struggling to become an actress and like metamorphing, metamorphing. She doesn't struggle to become an actress though. Like there's a bit of a struggle at the start, and she has to like really repeat the lines, and then all of a sudden she's fine. Was it that one? Or am I thinking of Perfect Blue again? I don't know. Oh my god, Becca, you're Perfect Blueing with Millennium Actress I'm and Perfect, Perfect Blue. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, Millennium Actress, she's fine. She just becomes an actress. Oh, I, I was meaning Mima specifically, where. That entire film is her struggling with her own self. You were talking. Oh my god, I was like half listening. I, 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 I'm so lost. It's two films about people being actresses, and sometimes they're bad, sometimes they're good. They both kind of have neurotic breakdowns. One of them's justified, the other one's not. And oh my god, it's. Well, okay. Watch Tokyo Godfathers. Yeah, great movie. Oh, did you see the? Did you see the Easter egg for both those films in that? Where they're, they're they're just movie posters. I remember seeing that. I was like, yay. Man, oh. like I would recommend Tokyo Godfathers, but like 
English dub to find out more about that conversation tune in to the Tokyo Godfathers episode of Popcorn Profile Yes, do that will indeed. be released maybe next week if you're listening to this in the future it will already have been released so you can hear more of our beautiful voices and not weird biology stuff no definitely not and if you want to know what that's a reference to, check out Tokyo Godfather. I, th- I think you're going to call it what you named the audio file. No, no, I'm, re- I'm refusing to say that word in this one. This is a clean podcast, so I can this send is, it to my mother. This is a nice clean one. Um, right. But, yeah, how did I go on to that again? Uh, we were talking about... I have no idea. We are really... Oh, my I think God. We're, I, it's because we're double podcasting, Becca. It's because it's, it's it's, we're, it, we're doubling. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, watch... Tokyo Godfathers, but the English yeah. dub. That's how I got into it. Watch Perfect Blue, either dubbed or with subtitles. They're Both fine. are great. Yeah. Both are great. Feel free to watch Millennium Actress, but you don't have to. I feel like the other ones are like a good. Like if you're not into horror, do not watch Perfect Blue. I, if you're not I, into yeah. horror, do not watch Perfect Blue. I if think you're... if you, I I think if you're wanting to get into sort of Japanese animation, but you've kind of. And if you if you want something a bit darker, and if you're wanting something that kind of like a lot of people compare Khan and Ghibli, not in the sense of that they're both the same tonally, but it's more kind of they're doing something different from the mainstream anime industry than I them. Can like, see it. like I still stand by Perfect Blue's not like any film I've ever seen, and that I I just oh man, yeah, it like really captivated me. Perfect Blue did, which is rare. Um, and then and it's Tokyo a pick from me. Yeah, yeah, which is rare. Tokyo Godfathers, I also really enjoyed. Um, when I watch films, I usually do stuff while they're on, even when it's a newer film, and it's, it has to be a really good film for me to just sit and watch it and to not like cross stitch or do stuff while it's on. And I didn't, well, I couldn't during Tokyo Godfathers because there were subtitles to read. And then Perfect Blue, I kept pausing it so I wouldn't miss bits. Millennium Actress. Yeah. It was fine. I think I cross stitched your net. Probably I chatted to Louise a bit your net. We kept you mean hard inappropriate jokes what? about the witch. <laughs> Do you remember what these were? Do you know what I can't even remember at all. Oh, uh, when because we like uh, doing old lady voices over here, and then we make a lot of Game Grumps references. Oh, you and do. So one of the Game Grumps references is um, you're going to have to bleep half the things I'm saying next because it's Game Grumps references, is that there's a frog that Zelda dreams about in Ocarina of Time, and the frog is like, I'll fuck your father. <laughs> oh, and, and so God, we reference yeah, that the... a lot. But then if we don't, there's also another one where they're playing um, the lawyer game, Phoenix, Phoenix, right? Phoenix, right. Phoenix. It's turning. The game's amazing. And at one point, they're like, do stuff. There's an animated I can send you of it. And they're like, I'll suck your dick. <laughs> <laughs> and so we reference that as well. And so that just became like old lady voice old lady frog voice from Zelda with the like I'll suck your dick from Phoenix Wright and so when the witch lady was like I'm old and I'm a witch and I'm going to possess you and I was like "Mm, come over here and I'll suck your dick (laughs) and then it became like a I don't actually have a dick, but you might have one, so come over here and I'll suck your dick. And then I'll be reborn and I'll make sure I have a penis next time, so then you can definitely suck my dick. And that was the whole of that scene. I can't tell you anything she actually said. I can just tell you that. <laughs> that was actually what happened. You yeah, did in this house, there was just love. I, 
I want to see you and Louise's that. localization of Millennium Actress. <laughs> Which just <laughs> memed up to high hell. Like, me and Louise just vibing and hanging out and playing games or watching stuff is, like, insane. And half the time, you don't even know what we're doing. Like, when well, we actually start to be able to socialise with people again, it's going to be mental. We spent, like, 20 minutes the other day talking, but, like, the start of every sentence had a B. Or start of every word had a B. Okay. So it'd be like, bay bam, bow boo boo boo. That was, hey Sam, how are you today? I'm buying Becca, ba ba boo boo Oh, I'm real good, Sam, thank you. And so uh, we have fun with that because Louise really likes doing the voice and I just understand it pretty much instantly. <laughs> so Louise does it a lot and I just normally chat to her and then sometimes join in. So, like, yeah, we just done a lot of joking around your Millennium Actress because we weren't that into it, but also it wasn't bad enough to, like, switch off. Yeah, it wasn't like, okay, this has to go. Yeah, like, I've... I am not one to switch off films. And I will suffer through them to be able to put on my IMDb that, yes, I watched this. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm so stubborn with... St- that there's only ever been, like one book this year that I put down and stopped reading and that's because it was just too much um it was a clockwork orange oh yeah that's I could not deal with I... it while I was doing the dissertation <laughs> I don't blame you man I've just I've heard stuff about the film alone there's a there's a have you yeah. not seen the film I've not I just know about the one uh what's his name Michael Mc... Mark Mc... Malcolm McDowell yeah who does the one singing in the rain parody yeah, yeah. That's the only thing I know about that film. It's oh, and ultraviolence and milk. Yeah, like if you want in a weird time where the narrative is a bit messed up and you don't really know what's happening, and there's also weird stuff and people getting beaten stuff, not as bad as Perfect Blue, but still like quite horrific. Then Clark Orange mm-hmm. is the film for you. If you want like tame narrative play and no violence yeah. or death or rape or any of the above. Millennium Actress. Give it a watch. Yeah. Um, where is it on your list? On my list? Oh, do I need to, like, discount Tokyo Godfathers? Because we definitely haven't recorded no, you, no, 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 no. Don't, don't bother. You can, you can have it still. It is... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleventh. Eleventh, below Bone Tomahawk and Ratcatcher, but above Brawl and Stepford Wives. Fair, mine's. I've got Millennium Actress at one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh, above uh, Nightmare, but below Bone Tomahawk. Oh wow, it's weird that you put Millennium Actress where I put Tokyo Godfathers. Yeah, that's wild, eh? <laughs> Man, I'm gonna have to scroll on this list soon. Yeah, we do. I mean, don't get me wrong. Aside from not even a technical phobia, simple slip of the common sense for me, we're smashing these movies, man. I know, Doing right? We got one left, and then we're on to your pick. Yeah, I'm so excited for my pick. I need I'm to excited buy, for your pick. <laughs> I need to buy um one more Blu-ray, but I've got the other two or three. It depends how many of one series we want to watch. <laughs> I'm game for two. I'm game for both of them. I'm game for both of them. I Cause... adore one of them. I haven't seen 
the latest in that series in a long time. Oh, no, I thought you were going to say ever. Drew Barrymore's on... in one of them. Yeah, she is. <laughs> Another guest appearance by Drew Barrymore in a film on our pop, 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 popcorn profile. Popcorn I went to profile. say podcast in popcorn profile and it just came up pop. <laughs> pop, pop. I don't know where the rest of the two words went. Hey, we've done about almost two hours worth of podcast recording. We're starting to get the brain drain. Listen, I'm blaming you. Yeah, it's no. fine. I can talk for days. Doesn't make sense, but I can talk for days. What do you think <laughs> I do in my job all day? I make your brother put on a teacher voice. That's what I do. What? Have I not told you this? I've heard Adam's teacher voice. It's quite funny. Oh, oh no, no. Okay. Do you want to do an outro and then I'll tell you the story and you can maybe put it in at the start as like a yeah, we'll fun do that. story thing. Okay. So on this note. Uh, well, any mattress is all right. Yeah, I'd say it's it's Real not essential. Kind of weird story. Put it on and go like do your housework. Yeah, it's a it's pleasant enough. Not an essential viewing, but I'd say it's worth a watch. Yeah. And on that note, bye everybody. Bye. I'm sure bye. we were funnier last time. Yeah, we had a th- we had a third member. <laughs> yeah. But then Louise disappeared. Bye! <laughs> <laughs>